Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your goodness, which we have found out is your glory. So we thank you that your glory is here for your church this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the spirit of truth that leads us and guides us into all truth. We thank you for our resurrected spirits that lives in us, that is connected with the Spirit of God. And we know all things in us. So this morning we expect to receive revelation. We receive to receive transformation as we walk in the renewed mind, as we walk in the Spirit of God. We thank you for that. And we glorify your name in that. And it's all because of Jesus Christ that we pray this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today, we're going to look at Galatians chapter 5. I put that out there on Realm for you guys, that if you wanted to do a little homework, um, read the fifth chapter of Galatians, and uh, just to prepare you for that. And there's a chance that as you read the fifth chapter of Galatians, you started having concern that I thought this was grace. I thought this wasn't works. I thought this wasn't my responsibility. I thought it was that Jesus Christ brought me in to fellowship with God. And chapter 5 of Galatians can be um, very misleading if you do not have a mind that is totally renewed to the new covenant of Jesus Christ. Because you will interpret it in a fashion of religion rather than grace. So today you're going to find out that Galatians chapter 5 is a glorious chapter. It's a wonderful chapter, and it brings great joy to an individual. So if your relationship with God is based on the old covenant of the flesh, this chapter is a great gauge to determine how far you've come in the grace of God, in the New Testament of Jesus Christ. So as you read through it leading up to this Sunday, Maybe some of you are thinking, man, this ain't looking too good. One of the things that we, this chapter came up on a fishing trip, and I'll, and I'll share some of that with you um, later on in the message, but it just brought a revelation to me of how much people have a misunderstanding of, of this chapter. See, many, many Christians have come to the wrong conclusion of who they are in Christ because they fail to appropriate his finished work in the new covenant. So starting right off in chapter 5 of Galatians, it says this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. So right off the bat, it's declaring liberty. It's declaring freedom. As long as we don't go back into the bondage and yoke of slavery. See, right off the bat, you're thinking to yourself, 
Well, that bondage of yoke and slavery is sin. No. It's the law. So right there, already, you've started off in this chapter with the wrong mindset. And reading Galatians, it should be liberating. But unfortunately, many are left caged because they are still looking at self rather than at Jesus. Here are just a few things that are taught wrong in Galatians 5 because of failing to have a complete revelation of the gospel. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one, one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. So right from this teaching, from this scripture right here, many Christians get the idea that Christians are in a battle with their old sinful self, that you are somehow a schizophrenic. You got an old self and a new self, and you're constantly battling against each other. I think I taught a message on this. That you got the angel on this side, the devil on this side, and you constantly got to pick good or bad, good or bad. That's, that is absolutely not true. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. So this scripture is not talking about this inner battle that we constantly have to fight. See, without the filter of the new covenant, we are persuaded that we still have a sinful nature. No, you do not have a sinful nature. You are born again. And we're going to get into this more. Another scripture that's pulled out of Galatians is Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 and 22. It says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, and the list goes on. This is one of the scriptures that got brought up when we were up at fish camp. And uh, just listed, someone listed off all these things. And I said, I said, but is that you? He goes, yeah, that's me. I do those things. And I was like, no, that is not you. That is not you. See, they have the wrong identity. They're a believer, but they're not believing. They're born again, but they're not living in Christ. And then it goes on to verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. And what it was taught out of this is basically this idea of the flesh and the Spirit, that sinning is living in the flesh, and not sinning is living in the Spirit. And we're going to find out that that has nothing to do with either of them. There's fruits that happen from living in the flesh and fruits that happen from living in the Spirit, but living in the Spirit and living in the flesh has nothing to do with sin. And you guys should know this because we taught on this in week two of this Serious. As we'll see that this is not true. Although sin is the work of the flesh, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean what what it means to live in the flesh. Galatians chapter five, verse twenty-one. 
envy, murders, drunkenness, revelous, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That sounds terrifying. And what we're taught from that is Christians who do sinful things will not go to heaven. This leaves the believer in uncertainty and fear, lacking faith and boldness towards God. How can you you have faith towards God when you think that you might not even be going to heaven? Because you have envy. Have you ever been envious? If this is how you read these scriptures, I say this in great love, but you're wrong. You're wrong. Galatians chapter 5 is a wonderful chapter that should fill us with joy and great hope, confidence and faith in the goodness of the good news and the completeness of our salvation in Christ Jesus. Galatians 5.25 says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. That phrase right there is the key to unlocking this chapter and having a complete revelation of what it means to walk in the Spirit. We should know this already because we touched on what it means to walk in the Spirit back in week two of this series. So if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. What does this mean? Well, to live in the Spirit is what? It's to be born again, opposed to living in the flesh, which is the unregenerated state. If you're living in the Spirit, that means that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. You have had the miraculous miracle of the new birth in Christ. The Spirit of God has come in you. You have come alive to Christ. You're a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. You are one with Him. You are righteous. You are holy. You are blameless. You are complete. You are washed as white as snow. You are without sin. Because of what you have done? No, no. Because of everything that he has done for you. So to live in the spirit means that you are born again. The only way you can live in the flesh is if you are not born again. To walk in the spirit is to walk in that which got you saved. This is what Galatians is all about. Not going back to the yoke of bondage. If you you live in the Spirit, if you're born again by the grace of God and the Spirit of God, then to walk in the Spirit is to continue in what got you there in the first place. Grace. To walk in the flesh is to walk with unbelief in grace. and with confidence in your own performance. Therefore, if you're born again by faith in Christ and are spirit-filled, you 
should continually walk in that rather than going back to the law and relying on human effort. This is going to change the way that you read your Bibles. Walking in the Spirit involves three things. To walk by your reborn spirit, your new nature, the renewed mind. If you need more teaching on this, go back to um, week two of this series and listen to renewing your mind. What is renewing your mind? So to walk in the Spirit involves you walking in a constant awareness that you are born again, a constant awareness that you have the Spirit of God living within you. A constant, it's a God consciousness. It's God's presence, Emmanuel, with you all the time. The second thing is to walk in the Spirit. In this, you're walking constantly in a Spirit covenant, the Spirit covenant of grace. You no longer see your identity in your old man that died and passed away, an old man that was trying to obtain the righteousness of God. You now see yourself in the new man that has been made the very righteousness of God himself. The third thing is that you walk in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, who is one spirit with you. You're constantly walking in that, that, that friend that sticks closer to a brother, constantly aware of the presence of God in your life, constantly aware that you're in this world, but you're not of this world, constantly aware that you have the spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead living within you. This isn't something just for church on Sunday. This is the way that God intended his people to live. This is why we are ambassadors. This is why we're a witness into the entire world. The reason why we are go knock on doors and beg people to come to church is because we're not walking in the Spirit. And I, I'm right there with you. I, I need to grow in this awareness. And it's something, we go from glory to glory. We, we, we are to continue in this. And it's really just an awakening. It's not something you have to try to work to get to achieve. It's just to wake up. This is what walking in the Spirit is, to walk by your reborn spirit in the Spirit covenant in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, opposed to walking in, the in your flesh, in a flesh covenant, the law, in accordance to the wisdom of this age, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You see the difference there? We, religion has made the focus 100% on sin. The gospel makes the focus 100% on Jesus. And if your focus is 100% on Jesus, guess what? Sin's not a problem because he took care of sin. Sin is not this big, mean, terrible thing. 
Jesus already removed it. It's gone. He's put a new nature in you. And the more you awaken to this new nature, the more you awaken to who you are, the more you believe the gospel, guess what? Freedom. You come running out of that cage. Any area of your life where you are held in bondage is an area where you are operating in an old way, old pattern of thinking. An old way that you are struggling in your flesh rather than in your spirit because you have already been set free. One of the biggest contrasts that the New Testament makes is the contrast between the flesh and the spirit. And as we already seen, most people think that the flesh and the spirit means the flesh is sinful and the spirit is not sinful. But it has nothing to do with that. You know, God created the entire world and he said that it was good. Religion likes to make this idea that everything that's natural, everything in this world is evil, and everything that's spiritual is good. That's not the case. Anything that a believer touches, anything that the believer owns, anything the believer has, anything that the believer, any area that a believer walks into, it's good. Because you're bringing the kingdom of God with you in those situations. And we will use it for good. Before you were saved, you were in the flesh. You were born into Adam and into his fallen state and under the flesh covenant. The flesh covenant is the law covenant. We were born into this covenant. The co the, this flesh covenant didn't start with the Ten Commandments. It started with man deciding that they would choose for themselves what was good and evil. And they would try to obtain God-likeness by doing so. It happened in the Garden of Eden. When Satan says, you shall be like God, knowing good from evil. And they ate from the tree, and now they knew what was good and what was evil. And guess what? They realized how much unlike God they were. And so man has continually tried to climb that ladder, only to find out that it's up against the wrong building. Or they just run from God completely, deny his existence, just go into a complete life of create their own gods. It's righteousness by performance of the flesh. When you get saved, you come alive in Christ, you come out of the flesh and into the spirit. You come out of the flesh covenant and into a spiritual covenant. You come into a grace covenant. So the flesh represents works. It represents self-righteousness. It represents legalism. It represents performance. It represents unbelief in grace. It represents the old law 
covenant. So when you read the word flesh, I'm going to prove this to you in just a little bit. When you read the word flesh in the New Testament, this is what it's, it's talking about. Totally different than what we've always thought. We always thought it had to do with our sinful actions, screwing up, messing up. No, if you live in, if you live according to this, guess what? You will screw up, mess up. The Spirit represents faith, the gift of righteousness, grace, Jesus' performance on your behalf, new covenant, a grace covenant. That's what a Spirit covenant is. That's what walking in the Spirit is. It's walking in faith. It's walking in the new creation. It's walking in um, your, your um, connection with God through your Spirit. It's walking in the, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's walking in faith in Christ's finished work. Two of the most pivotal words in this chapter, chapter 5 of Galatians, is flesh and spirit. You have to have a correct definition of what the flesh is and what the spirit is if you're going to correctly understand Galatians chapter 5. The most common rendering of these words in the church today is that the flesh just means that means our old sinful nature our carnal behavior, and that spirit is just referring to the Holy Spirit. That's what most people think, that the flesh is your carnal self, your, you know, this dual nature, the second nature that you have, the, the nature that's contrary to God, the nature that, that wants to do bad, naughty things, the nature that wants to sin. So we, we got that, and then we have the spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. So that it doesn't refer to us at all. No wonder we're in such a mess. This is a poor definition and does not work, as we're going to see in Galatians chapter 5. So where should we get our definition of what flesh and spirit is? We have religion's definition. We, you might have your own definition. But where, where actually should we get our definition? How about, how about the Bible? Right? It's an, that's a novel idea, I think, to go to the Bible and see what definition it gives us. And it gives us a definition. As a matter of fact, it gives us a definition in context of Galatians chapter 5. So we don't even have to go to a completely new letter of the Bible. We can stay right in Galatians, and he tells us exactly what the flesh is, exactly what the spirit is, and then we can easily interpret the rest of Galatians. So that's pretty good, ain't it? See, the, one of the bad things, I mean, we like what the man has done by putting chapter and verses in the Bible, but it originally wasn't written that way. So it's easily to take chapter 5 and set it off aside from chapter 4, right? And it, it's easy to find things with what they did, but sometimes it hinders us in interpreting what's actually being said. This was written to the Galatians from the Apostle Paul as one continuous letter. And it wasn't, it wasn't all split up. So in Galatians chapter 4, verse 22, it says, For it is written that Abraham had two sons, 
the one by a bondwoman, the other by a free woman. So do you want to be in the bondwoman or do you want to be in a, by the free woman? I mean, right now, it's already showing you a division in what you should want. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman of the promise. Verse 24 says, which things are symbolic, for these are two covenants. We had one son that was born of the flesh, one that was born of the promise of the Spirit, and guess what? These are symbolic. He's talking about two covenants. So these two sons, one after the flesh, one after the Spirit, are two covenants. And look what verse 29 of chapter 4 goes on to tell us. Verse 29, but as he who was born according to the flesh, but as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, even so it is now. So he says that one was born according to the flesh, one was born according to the spirit. There are two covenants, and the one that's born according to the flesh persecutes the one that's born against, according to the spirit. And it happens even until now. I used to read this before I understood grace, and I used to think, well, he's talking about Muslims and Jews. And, and the one that was born of the Ishmael, that was born of the flesh, is on constant warfare against the one that was born of the promise, um, Isaac, which is Israel, Jew, the Jews. No, it has nothing to do with that at all. It's talking about of the flesh, of the spirit. One covenant of works-based mentality. One covenant of grace. And the one that is on works, the one that is in self-righteousness, religion will always persecute the grace covenant, even until now. That first covenant of the flesh is what killed Jesus. Man still wants to be God by trying to attain their own righteousness, try to attain their own goodness, trying to reach up and prove to God that we're just as good as you are. And the grace covenant is a slap into their face, to their face, because it's humbling man and saying, on our own, we can never obtain the righteousness of God. We can never obtain his goodness. We can never obtain his holiness. And it's only by his grace that we can ever be who he created us to be. He is the creator. We are his creation. And thank God he's a good, good father. Thank God that he is full of mercy. Thank God that he is a God it's full of compassion and love. The old, the old of the flesh 
of works and self-righteousness and the new that is grace and faith in Christ's righteousness. So when Galatians chapter 5, 25 says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit, it means if you are made righteous by grace, by the grace of God through faith in Christ, then don't go back to trying to keep the righteousness of the law. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you're born again, live out your life according to that, according to the grace covenant, according to the Spirit. Don't go back to bondage again. This is going to radically change the way that you read your Bibles. Continue in the Spirit covenant, not the flesh covenant of the law. So you can be born again, the Bible tells us. You can be born again and go back to the old covenant. You can be born again and still walk in the flesh. That doesn't mean that you've lost your salvation. The Bible calls it, you have, and it's in Galatians also, it calls it falling from grace. You fall from grace, not when you sin, you fall from grace when you go back to the old covenant. When you start trying to obtain, obtain God's blessings, God's goodness, God's righteousness, God's holiness by your own effort. It doesn't mean that you lose your salvation. It just means you won't walk in all the benefits of your salvation. There's benefits here and now. And if you're trying to work and, and obtain, God is not going to let you deny the work of Christ on the cross. He cannot bless you according to your own works. Do you understand that? Because if he was to bless you according to your own struggling, your own ability, your own doing, he's saying that Christ. Sacrifice on the cross was not the only way. It just means that you're not walking in the benefits. In fact, you live a miserable life. You live a miserable life. Do you live a life of condemnation? Do you live a life of bondage? Do you live a life of fear? Do you live a life of compulsion? What do I mean by compulsion? I mean, do, do a feel, when it comes to things of God, do you, you just feel like, I got to do this or something bad's going to happen to me. I got to go to church. I got to do this. I got to do that. You're living not out of joy. You're not living out of peace. You're not living out of rest. You, you, compu- you feel compulsive out of fear. Do you live a life of regret? Do you live a life of shame? You'll live a life of powerlessness. If any of this, or so much more, if any of this describes your life, you're living in the flesh. Are you so uncertain of your own freedom that you're unable to bring others to freedom.
That's one of the biggest things is the reason why we're so insecure in our Christianity is because we're not secure in Christ. We still think that it's by what we have to do. And there's not that joy. A free person is going to go out and make other people free. If this describes you, you are living by the law, flesh. You can be born again. You can be going to heaven. You can receive the gift of salvation by grace. But you are still walking in the flesh. You are walking by the flesh. You are not walking by grace. You are not walking by the Spirit. And guess what? Galatians was written just for you. It was written to urge the Galatians to go to not go back to the law as they were doing. So this is, should be a very exciting book for us to read. It is warning of the fate of those that aren't saved and are trusting in their own flesh, and they will be judged according to their deeds and their own righteousness. Therefore, as, born again, as a born-again believer, why would you ever want to go back to something that is bringing judgment on unbelievers? Do you understand that? You're either married to Christ or you're married to the world. You're either married to light or you're married to darkness. You're either in the spirit or you're in the flesh. And those that, that have chosen to deliberately depend on their flesh for their own righteousness, their own holiness, are going to be judged according to that. And those that have depend on Christ and God's righteousness, God's love, God's grace, God's goodness, will be judged in Christ. So if you're over here born again in Christ, why would you want to go live the way of a person that is not in Christ. It's because we've always taught that living like a person that's not in Christ is sinning. No, it's the law. And again, I got to put a disclaimer in here. Sinning stupid, don't be stupid. Right? You wouldn't be here if you're looking for a way to sin. You're looking for a way to be free from that birdcage. And you are free. We just have to learn to walk in the Spirit. Why would a believer, a born-again believer, why would they ever want to go back to something that is bringing judgment on the unsaved? No. Stay in grace, Galatians is saying. Paul is saying, who has bewitched you? He's saying, stay in grace, walk in the Spirit, sow in the Spirit, keep faith in the Spirit, not the flesh. Galatians 4, chapter 30 says, nevertheless, what does the Scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. What is he talking about? He's talking about two covenants a covenant of the flesh, and a covenant of the Spirit. And he says, cast out the bondwoman. Cast out that old covenant. 
because you cannot inherit the promises of Christ if you're going to walk in an old covenant. It's amazing how simple the Bible is when you just read it. But we compartmentalize everything, and that's why it's so important to continually be renewing your mind to the gospel of God, the gospel of Christ. See, you can mix the two covenants, but it won't work for you. You can't live in both the old covenant and the new covenant. You can't mix bondage and freedom, can you? How can you be in bondage, in slavery, and, and call yourself free? And that's what Israel did. Right? They even said that to Jesus while they were under Roman captivity. You can't, you cannot walk in the flesh covenant and expect to walk in the blessings and the inheritance of the new covenant. You can't walk in the flesh and expect to receive the blessings of the Spirit. This is where Galatians, go back and read Galatians. This is where he's talking about the promise of Abraham should come on the Gentiles. How? Through the faith covenant, the grace covenant, not of the law. See, that's the problem. People wonder why their life and their relationship with God is so much work and it's so miserable. It's because you're trying to do both. And that's what Galatians is saying you can't do. You're trying to do good rather than believing that you are good. You're trying to be righteous and holy rather than believing that you are righteous and holy. You're trying to get blessed rather than believing that you are blessed. One cancels out the other. That's what the whole thing of chapter 5 is about. How the flesh cancels out the spirit. It's not about losing your salvation. If you're born again, you live in the spirit, but you can choose how you're going to walk. You can walk from your own position in the flesh, in the law covenant, and trying to obtain the blessing of God and try to earn his love and his favor. I mean, that's what most Christianity is about. And you end up doing, all you end up doing is feeling miserable and lousy about yourself. Welcome to Sunday morning. And putting yourself under that heavy yoke of bondage once again. A heavy, accusing, and fault-finding yoke that will bring death in your life. Galatians 4.31 So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. We are not children 
of the flesh, but of the Spirit. We are not children of that old, accusing burden of the law. We are in the freedom and the liberty of Christ Jesus and the Spirit. You can walk in the flesh, the law covenant, or you can walk in Christ's position, in the Spirit, in the grace covenant, and just say, thank you, God. You love me every day of my life. I'm not in the fault-finding, condemning covenant. I am in a blessing covenant, an ever-increasing glory covenant. Amen? So we need to filter Galatians chapter 5 through this biblical definition now, right? So we need to read Galatians chapter 5 with this understanding of what it means to be in the flesh and what it means to be in the spirit. If we're going to receive the edification that Paul and the Holy Spirit desires for us to have. So we're going to go through Galatians chapter 5 with this correct understanding next week. So next week, we're going to continue on this. We're going to go through Galatians chapter 5 now that we can correctly understand what is the spirit, what is the flesh, and we have the key to unlock this chapter. But guess what? You can do it as soon as you leave here today. Go through chapter 5 and get all excited. Read chapter 4. What you end up doing is you read the whole book of Galatians with this understanding of what is flesh, what is spirit. You're in the spirit. If you're born again, stay in the spirit. Amen? This is good. I, 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 I hope that I was able to teach it with understanding. I mean, this just your mind you and then when you just start reading your bible and understanding that paul wrote you know the majority of the new testament so he's not going to write to the galatians what the spirit is and what the flesh is and then change the complete definition in another book of the bible you just start reading that and you start renewing your mind and realizing that he's talking about someone that's unsaved and someone that is saved He's talking about someone that, that is of the law, of works, and someone that is of grace, of the Spirit. All of those scary scriptures that you read and, and makes you question your salvation, guess what? They're gone. Do you see, do you see how spiritual this is? This is a work of God, and it's of faith. It's by grace through faith, not of works. It's believing who you were from the foundation of the world. It's believing who God, how God sees you and what Christ has done through you. Now, it just makes so much more sense that this is actually of faith. It's about me believing what Jesus done. It's about believing what God has done. It's, it's, it's liberating. And anywhere in your life where you're failing, guess what? It's just a believing problem. It's a believing problem. It's not walking in the Spirit. 
It's trying to gratify yourself separate from God. You are setting yourself up as your own God. You guys should be excited at the beginning of this year that you have a completely new way to read your Bible. And as you can see, it's not something that Chad said for you to believe. The Holy Spirit in Galatians told us what the flesh is and what the Spirit is. Amen. I'll shut up. I try, I'm trying to shorten my messages, and now I'm just making it longer. But, that's, but, but I, I think I'm right in trying to shorten my messages because there's a lot to, to think about here. There's a lot to, to meditate on. And if, if I was to go through this whole message in one chunk, you might miss some stuff. But there's always another Sunday I can preach it again. So Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you have delivered us from this covenant of effort, this covenant of bondage, this yoke of bondage, this heavy, heavy bondage of work. And you have delivered us. You have liberated us into a covenant of grace, a covenant of your spirit, a covenant of a destination of heaven on earth. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have been born again, that we are in the Spirit. Now, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would teach us how to walk in the Spirit, how to live our life in the Spirit, and no longer see ourselves in the flesh, but see ourselves in the Spirit, for that is our identity, that is who we are, that is where we live. We thank you for that. And we look forward to the victorious church arising in this community and in communities all around the world that Jesus Christ will be glorified and the grace message will continue to fill this earth and the revelation of the glory of God will will come to to the minds of men, the revelation of God's goodness as the waters cover the sea. We thank you for that, and we call that into existence now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church.